For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. of Over the Line. Andrew McLean with you yet again. That is correct. This is the sweaty edition of Over the Line because it is hot, hot, hot up in her. It is. It's been uh, hot today here in Alabama and the studio uh, did not get the proper treatment throughout the day. Which has resulted it in being uh, a bazillion degrees in here. It is quite literally a bazillion degrees. That's not an exaggeration. But welcome. Lots of stuff to get to. Um, first off, let me say this. I, I got some other business I got to lay out there. But this is breaking news. If you're listening to this live, there's been a shooting at... UNC Charlotte, the University of North Carolina, Charlotte, and two people are dead. Four people have been injured. They have a suspect in custody. Don't really know anything other than that, but that is out there. There's a video online of of students running out of the school, uh, police escorting these students out of the school, so on and so forth. So uh, we'll keep our eye on that and see what uh, that, that turns into. Crazy, crazy story. Uh, but that is one of a, a, a million things going on today. Uh, first of all, for the Over the Line episode, I guess it was a week ago today. I think it was the last one we did, which I'm uh, very shamed of. Just so you all know, I'm ashamed when I don't get you guys regular podcast. Um, 
it never posted to any of the platforms. And I don't know, I didn't do much investigating, but I don't know if that means Apple Podcast and Spotify no longer like our podcast. They think it's not appropriate for their platforms. I don't know, but it did not get posted. Uh, if you want to listen to that, there, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. Because it's online. First of all, it's on the website, overthelineshow.com. There's a little media player, I think it's hosted by Anchor, that it always gets updated. Okay? So you can listen to it there, or you can go directly to anchor.fm and listen to it. Now, they've also got their own app. So if you want to download the Anchor app, you hear the advertisements on this show. Go to Anchor, anchor anchor.fm, in your app store or whatever. And download the app, subscribe to Over the Line on Anchor, and you will get the podcast. So if there's ever any issue with Apple Podcast or there's an issue with Spotify or whatever, um, it won't matter because you've got the, the availability of Anchor to be able to, to go and uh, listen to the show. Maybe that was just a one-time thing. I don't know. I don't, I just, I don't know what happened. So I have no explanation. Nick the Marketer, nickthemarketer.com. Speaking of the website, he's the guy that hooks us up with that. I want you guys to give him a visit at his website, see what he can do for you, for you and your small business or your big business or your medium-sized business or, or whatever you're selling. You're selling CBD, you're selling Advocare, you're selling whatever. Nick the Marketer can help you get the word out online. And make sure that people can easily access your stuff, whether they're ordering your stuff online or they just want more information. Those guys take clicks and they turn them into customers. They also do search engine optimization, which means when they Google said product, they find you, my friend. They find you on the Google machine. You're right there, right at the top of the list. Uh, NickTheMarketer.com again, 205-610-9550, 6109550 make sure you tell them you heard them right here on this here podcast so you really like that Andrew McLean kid he's a pretty smart fella i know we don't all agree with that but you can at least say it don't act like it's going to hurt you okay um let's see there's so much to to, to to get to i don't i don't even know where to start let's start with venezuela that's been the the, the story of the day what a crazy, crazy situation going on in Venezuela. Uh, you've probably seen the images today of uh, the military firing on protesters, the military literally running over protesters with those uh, military-style vehicles, those Humvees. They're just plowing people over. Uh, it's reached a boiling point, and we knew it would. You can only starve your people for so long before they decide they've had enough of it, and they're going to try to take you out. That's what's happening here. You've got a guy, the Guido character, who they're saying rightfully won the election. Maduro, apparently, with some backdoor deals, cheats on the election to get reelected. Venezuela's like, nah, bro, no, that ain't how this works. We're going to restore democracy. So you've got these freedom protesters, if you will. 
uh, they're out in the streets and they're saying, we got to get this guy out of office or we're all going to die. I mean, literally, that's what this is. It's 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 life and death. Here's some of the, the audio. It's it's kind of tough to listen to, but uh, I, I pulled some audio from uh, one of the television stations, I guess there in Venezuela or one of these Latin America stations. And they were reporting as gunshots started uh, firing off, started popping off right there during their report. It was the military firing at these uh, these protesters. Listen to a little bit of this. Es lo que hemos venido reportando de las reacciones. And the thing is, these protesters, they're not backing down. They're standing in the face of this stuff. <laughs> they don't even care. They are, uh, they're in the business of give me liberty or, or give me death. That's where these guys are at right now. And they've got the backing of numerous countries across the globe uh, in in their battle to oust Maduro and put in this Guido guy. Now, this is something you guys have heard me discuss, that, that you've heard me discuss before, although we never really got in-depth with it, but it's at a boiling point now that uh, I think it's pretty important that we that we break it down. So, You've got this this fighting going on, this uprising, this this pushback against a dictator that is in charge, Maduro. Um, Maduro himself, he is blaming the U.S. directly for what's going on right now. Because if you remember weeks ago, either weeks ago or may even been months ago, uh, we, the U.S., Donald Trump, Mike Pompeo, um, they announced that they are recognizing uh, the new guy as the legitimate president of Venezuela and that Maduro has lost the election in their eyes. Now, obviously, we don't get to dictate that kind of stuff. That's the stuff they got to work out. But we take the lead and we say, all right, we're recognizing this other guy as the winner. We've seen the, the shady stuff that's gone on. We saw the... Uh, election fraud that's going on, all the information we need to, to make that call, this is where we're at. And then most of our allies start jumping on board. They say, yep, yeah, we're going to do that as well. We're going So once everybody picks a side, because that's what this seems like, the whole world has, has picked a side on here. And it's all within, most countries are picking a side that's aligned with their direct interests, okay? Because you've got, the bad actors, like China, like Russia, like North Korea, who are all siding with Maduro in this situation and saying, hey, Maduro won the election. Now, these are coming from people whose elections are uh, just like what Maduro conducted. So it would make sense that they, they're over there saying, hey, well, it's fair, what are you talking about? So you've got that volatile situation in the mix 
And you've also got the question that a lot of people have, uh, and that is, are there going to be any boots on the ground, especially from America, to try to finalize the deal here? Because this is the last stand for Maduro. What you've got is you've got a military where we're getting reports that some of these top officials in the military, some are leaving the Maduro regime to fight for the other side, or they're saying, we're no longer going to kill our own citizens. It's just not right, whatever. But largely, from what we've seen, you still have the military on Maduro's side. And if the, if the military leaves, then he's got nothing left. He's gone. Apparently, and I heard this from Mike Pompeo, they've laid out a list of demands for Maduro and said, here's the stipulations. If you just want to up and leave Venezuela and just wipe your hands clean of this, you can do X, Y, and Z. Now, we don't know what X, Y, and Z is because he wouldn't he wouldn't talk about it. But there are a list of demands out there for Maduro saying you can get this, that, and the other if you will go. It's time for you to go. Your country is on fire. It's in shambles. You've been starving your people to death for months and years. They're eating freaking zoo animals. They're eating rats. Why do you want to continue on with this? It is, however, a, a fantastic example during this very divisive election season of what socialism will, in fact, bring. And how how staunchly leaders in a socialist society will cling to power. Nothing's going nothing's gonna to have them let go of power. So the Maduro regime is denying that this is some sort of military revolt. They're saying it's just a small altercation. We got nothing to do with it. I mean, it's not, it, it's not a... It's not as bad as it looks on TV is basically what they're saying. They're also saying that the U.S. is at fault for this. They're saying, here's the deal. The U.S. came out, they opened their big mouth, and now we've got our people fighting back. When really, our people just need to calm down. They got it made. They got it made here in Venezuela, which they don't. Outside of this, uh, let me explain why these people are starving in the first place, okay? Inflation is at a rate of something crazy like 10,000, 10,000 percent, may even be more than that, maybe like 10 million percent. I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Inflation is so high that anything less than $50, if you're in Venezuela, is absolutely worthless. And this has been going on, and this has been progressing, and the Maduro regime, their solution to this was to do what? The one thing that causes inflation, print more money. And the more money they would print, the more worthless their money would become. And now you're here. Now you're here, and you're blaming other people for it. Venezuela used to be one of the thriving economies, one of the biggest economies on the planet, just a few short decades ago. And now this is where they're at. It's going to be interesting to watch. There's no doubt about it.
But right now, it's pandemonium. And you know what's the most interesting part of this? Is it was less than a decade ago that Venezuela made the move to do what? To ban private gun ownership. So not only are you getting a valuable lesson in socialism, a current, a recent example of socialism, because we know the people that support socialism now, they're very uneducated on the past, on past models of socialism. They don't know anything about it. That's why they think it's a grand idea. Here is a in real time, living, breathing form of socialism that people can look at by turning on their TV and watching live footage. But also, it's a living, breathing, in real time example of what gun control will do and why gun ownership, why a Second Amendment is so very important. Because guess what? If these people were still allowed to own guns, this would have been over long ago. Maduro wouldn't have stood a chance. What military members he has wouldn't have stood a chance. You've got part of the military leaving and part of them are staying. All of them would have left if they knew they would be going up against a, a population that was heavily armed. <laughs> there. Well, there would have been no question. These people would have been able to protect their democracy had they been able to keep their guns. And this is a slow roll how these things happen. The guns didn't disappear overnight. The socialism didn't get to this point overnight. It was just one good, fuzzy-feeling, warm and tingly piece of legislation after another. One new law that was for the betterment of the country, makes everybody feel good, sounds like a good idea, to the next one that makes everybody feel warm and fuzzy inside. And the next thing you know, guess what? Your own military is running over innocent civilians in the street on TV screens across the planet. And that's where Venezuela's at. Now, if it does come to military action, which I think the Trump administration in particular is very against, because he's already put out a tweet talking about heavy sanctions against Cuba. There's no more sanctions to levy against Venezuela. I'm sure you guys know that. But Cuba who is another one of these countries that's trying to prop up the Maduro regime, Trump's telling them, hey, we're going to have an old-fashioned embargo. We're just going to shut you down. We're going to hit you with the hardest sanctions you could imagine if you don't quit propping this place up, if you, if you don't quit propping up this dictator. It's going to be over with. That message reverberated to Russia, and it also reverberated to China, who are also looking to keep the Maduro regime in power. Now, Venezuela's neighbors, 
such as Brazil, such as Colombia, they're on the other side of this because they are seeing the direct impact of what's going on there. They've got an immigration problem of their own where the people of Venezuela desperate to get out of that asshole have been crossing the border over to Brazil and, and, and Colombia and neighboring countries just looking to get away from the violence and the starvation and the malnourishment. They're on the side of the U.S. on this front as well. So much so that they would be willing to put boots on the ground in some form or fashion along with us, as well as the French and any of our other allies. Again, that's not what this administration wants to do, and I, I don't necessarily think it's the right thing. I think it's very important that we watch this last stand of the Maduro regime and see how this turns out before we, the U.S., and our allies make any moves. But I don't think this guy lasts. I think it's coming to a boiling point when the entire world is against you. You have no choice but to back on out of that situation. And who's to say this Guado guy is going to be any better? All signs point to he will be. There's also the fact that it can't get any worse. But something's got to change in Venezuela. Remember, Venezuela, prime example of gun control and socialism. That's what it gets you. We'll keep you guys updated on that as we go along. There's plenty of other stuff we got to talk about. Let's get to it. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer made a little visit to the White House today. That's right. They went to the White House to talk infrastructure with the president. And they came out and they talked about how it was a uh, it was a good meeting. That's right. They apparently got along. And they agreed, allegedly, according to them, agreed on a $2 trillion infrastructure package. Now, that's a lot of money. Also, infrastructure, very important. We know that. But the next meeting they hold is going to be about how to pay for it. Now, this is a smart move by the Democrats, but Trump's not going to be dumb enough to fall for it. Why I say it's smart for the Democrats to do politically is because they are going to pass the buck to Donald Trump on how to pay for this thing. And the obvious way is to raise taxes, at least in a politician's mind. So they say, we agree on the $2 trillion. We'll give you our ideas about what we want done. Now you figure out how to pay for it. And they would love nothing more than going into an election season for Donald Trump to have his fingerprints on a new tax hike. That's their plan. Everything they do is centered around damaging Donald Trump. So don't think they went in and had a civilized discussion at the White House today about infrastructure and it was all in goodwill. 
It was not. Democrats have no goodwill. They have no conscience. They have no morality. None. They're looking to hurt Donald Trump. They don't want to get anything done. They, they don't want infrastructure passed. They don't want none of this stuff done. Not while that dude sits in the White House. They don't want it. They don't want anything good happening. Also, they have decided, well, they sent a letter to the president beforehand, and they basically painted a picture of they want this infrastructure bill to deal with clean energy, basically make it a, a, a Green New Deal type of infrastructure bill, the infrastructure version. They know he's not going to go for that. But they want to put it in there. They want to seem like the ones that are bending over backwards to get something done. When they're not, this is all about optics. And they're going to push that in there knowing that he's going to have none of it. It's the same tactic they used with the government shutdown. It's the same old tricks. These are a bunch of crusty old white dudes in the Democrat Party that do the same old crusty white dude things. They don't use any new tactics. That's why it's so easy to predict their next move. I know these guys like the back of my hand because they're so obvious. So obvious in everything they do. And they had the audacity today on the mainstream media to talk about how Trump's got the worst poker face ever. But that's another story. We may get into a little bit of that. Um... Okay, so outside of that, what else we got? Uh, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, I guess this was yesterday he announced this. He will be resigning as of May 11th, and he submitted his formal resignation to Donald Trump. He said, here it is, cousin. I'm out. You know, he was going to leave earlier, but he decided to stick around for the Mueller report, the completion of the Mueller report, which is what he did, and now that's somewhat over, and he's out the door. He sends in this resignation letter that was, um, it, it was written in a, a way that talked highly of William Barr, talked highly of the president and all the other people that he worked with. So just like William Barr, the media turns on Rosenstein on a dime. It was that easy. All Rosenstein had to do was say, hey, I want to tell the president I appreciate him uh, allowing me to be part of uh, all this whatever, whatever. I don't have the letter in front of me, or otherwise I'd read to it. Oh, I do have it in front of me, but it's really long, so I'm not going to read it to you. Uh, but let me try. Dear Mr. President, the Department of Justice made rapid progress in achieving the administration's law enforcement priorities, reducing violent crime, curtailing opioid abuse, protecting consumers, improving immigration enforcement, and building confidence in the police, while preserving national security and strengthening federal efforts in other areas. We staffed the Department of Justice and the U.S. Attorney's offices with uh, implementing constructive policies reducing bureaucracy and using results-driven management, blah, 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 blah. As the Department of Justice, we stand 
watch over what Attorney General Robert Jackson called the inner rampant parts of our society. The Constitution guarantees blah, 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 blah. Okay, I can't find the part where he praised Donald Trump, but he did, and the media lost it. They're like, what? there's no reason he had to go out like this. He did such a good job, but now he's shown us he's just another partisan hack. That's what they did. <laughs> and they did the same thing to William Barr. They didn't necessarily like William Barr in the first place, but they gave him the benefit of a doubt until he came out and said the words, no collusion, which will have William Barr testifying tomorrow starting at uh, da, 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 9 o'clock our time. That would be Central Standard Time, 10 o'clock Eastern. I believe that's right. You may want to double check. But William Barr will be testifying in front of the circus, I mean the Congress, uh, in one more congressional hearing, and it will revolve around the Mueller report. And it's all going to do with damaging Donald Trump. It's all going to have to do with trying to convince the American people that he colluded with Russia because they can't let it go. They invested too much in it. They can't. It's just, it's the same reason why they're going after his, his financial records. They're subpoenaing his financial records. They are yet again repeating themselves. Remember, just a few minutes ago, I said they continue with the same tactics over and over, never trying anything new. So what did they do with the Russia investigation? They investigated a crime that they didn't even have yet. They had no crime. They just made one up. And so we're going to investigate and see if we can find this crime. Not that they knew the crime happened. That's like the cops showing up to somebody's house and being like, we don't know if you've been burglarized or not, but we're going to investigate. They're doing the same thing here. They don't know if there's any financial crimes within... Donald Trump's tax returns or his financial statements, but they want to investigate it anyway. And they say it's accountability. It's, it's accountability for being Donald Trump, the evil orange man. Same song and dance. Democrats repeat themselves over and over. That's why they're still the party of racism and anti-Semitism. They don't change. They never changed. They never will change. As long as they're around, they're going to be doing the same old stuff. So Donald Trump is suing, having to sue uh, Deutsche Bank and Capital One to keep them from sending over his financial documents. And you may say to yourself, well, why would Donald Trump want to hide that stuff? What's he hiding? You have to understand what Donald Trump does on a day. What, what did he do before he was president? He's in the world of business more so than anybody else you could possibly think of. He's got all kinds of dealings that he will be dealing with after he leaves office. Dealings that, that in financial statements show other people's business probably don't want it out there. If there was something nefarious going on, somebody would have found out. 
the deep state would have already put it out there. What the Democrats want to do, knowing that there's no crime in these financial records or anything like that, what they want to do is they want to be able to have the paper in hand so they can then mischaracterize it, put it in the mainstream media spin machine, and do like they do with everything else. Same song and dance. Look at the Mueller report. The, the, the mainstream media has been repeating ever since the Mueller report came out that William Barr lied about saying there was no collusion, saying he lied to the American people, and that's why he's having to testify, because he lied saying there was no collusion. What? They're just spinning it. They're, they're turning it into something that it's not and just repeating it over and over. Hoping that people buy it. That's why Donald Trump doesn't want these lunatics, these enemies of democracy, these enemies of the will of the American people to have their hands on that. It's just one more reason for a witch hunt investigation, which is exactly what they want to do. The Mueller report, the Mueller investigation, couldn't stretch out quite long enough to make it to the 2020 election. That's what they wanted. They wanted to stretch it out. Couldn't do it. Now they got to do something else. They'll do their own investigations on Capitol Hill, which aren't really investigations. They're just clown shows. But if they can just get one sliver of something that they can spin into something bad, they can then call for a second special prosecutor, another special counsel. And they need that. They, the, the Democrats need that because guess what? They've got people hot on their trail for FISA abuse and spying on the Trump campaign. They can't afford for their deep state cronies to get caught because guess what? If they do and they start singing, there's going to be a whole lot of people implicated from people currently holding a seat in Congress to people of the last administration all the way to the top. They are desperate to hide this stuff, and they're desperate to get Trump out of office. It's all they ever talk about is impeachment. Impeach. The Mueller report came out, says no collusion, no crime committed, and they're talking about impeachment more now than they have in the past six months. How is that? How is that possible? And it's funny to watch a lot of the same faces, people that have been in the media for years, especially people that have been there since Bill Clinton was in office, to, to, to go back and look what they were saying during the impeachment proceedings for Bill Clinton. Okay? And this is after he, he got found out for doing nasty stuff with Monica Lewinsky. This is after we find out that he has lied under oath. These people stuck up for him. And they said, what's the big deal? It's just a lie. They, we've really got to assess our impeachment process. This is out of control. I'll play you some. I got a collage. Old clips of, 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 of broadcasters sticking up for Bill Clinton and saying impeachment is just a it's it's a stretch. We shouldn't be impeaching presidents like this. It's it's insane. Some of these voices, I'm sure 
you will recognize. You, 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 you'll recognize them. They, they sound much younger, but they're very distinguished voices. All the way back to the 90s, we go. Here's a refresher. The founding fathers must be turning in their graves that a president of the United States is vulnerable to impeachment for this. Is perjury in a case like this serious enough to warrant impeaching the president? If the Republicans want to go ahead and do this, I think they disgrace themselves in a more profound way than President Clinton has by mm -hmm. abusing the machinery of impeachment. Is it worth overturning the will of the people in order to impeach him if the only thing you can prove is that he lied? Is there, is there not some concern that of the public perception that this is, in, in fact, a kind of effort at a, quote, coup? Ophelia Ariano says it reminds her of a coup in her native Guatemala. We like him. Uh, he's doing a good job. The Republican Party who dislike him and what he stands for, having been unable to beat him at the polls, have found another way to get him out of office. America wants Christmas carols uninterrupted by political scandal. They have robbed from you. Make no mistake about it. They have used a procedural device to steal from you your right to be democratically represented. Quote, you don't overturn the results of an American election on a whim. Unquote. <laughs> Hey, again, rather. You don't overturn an election on a whim. Hmm. Sounds like some good advice. Wonder why those same people whose words those words belong to wonder why they feel so differently now. Because they were sticking up for a guy saying impeachment was crazy for a guy we knew did something wrong. We knew broke the law. But now they're all for impeachment against a guy who they can't seem to find a crime on. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. The media, the arm of the Democratic Party, the anti-Semitic Democrat Party. As you know, we had that awful church shooting, synagogue shooting out in California. You guys have been seeing that on the news, I'm sure. Uh, one woman dying, literally taking a bullet for the rabbi of that synagogue. Uh, just a sickening, sickening situation. I believe the, the shooter was in court today. Um, we'll see how that whole thing unfolds, as I know the media will follow, and we will follow uh, that trial. Hopefully that guy will spend the rest of his life in prison, if not get the death penalty. Now, with all this anti-Semitism, you may find it odd that the mainstream media is actually promoting this stuff while out of the other side of their mouth are allegedly denouncing anti-Semitism. The New York Times International Edition, just a day or two before the shooting, puts out a very anti-Semitic cartoon. It is the face of Benjamin Netanyahu on a dog. 
looks to be maybe a wiener dog. I don't know if that's important. Maybe that's some sort of inappropriate Jewish joke. I don't know. But Benjamin Netanyahu's face on this dog with a star of David Collar behind him holding the leash is a blind Donald Trump wearing a skull cap. To emphasize that Israel is just leading around a blind Donald Trump, and he's there at their beck and call doing whatever they want. They also put out another one, and it was a picture, and I don't really understand this one. This is... um, Benjamin Netanyahu holding up uh, what looks to be uh, a tombstone with the star David on it. He's taking a selfie with a selfie stick. Also, anti-Semitic cartoon from the New York Times International International Edition. They came out, and and, uh, after deleting those cartoons and halting cartoons in their International Edition... They made a statement on Twitter that they have taken it down because they they understand that people were offended by it. The one thing they did not include in that tweet was an apology for ever posting that. Why? Because they're anti-Semitic. They're anti-Semitic just like the Democrat Party. Now, why is the Democratic Party anti-Semitic, Andrew? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look at a man's actions, not his words. Look at his actions to find his true motives. The Democrat Party will denounce all day long anti-Semitism. But they will not promote the Jewish cause. They will not condemn those that are openly anti-Semitic within their own party. And they will not stand with America's best ally, Israel. They will not. Bernie Sanders is on the campaign trail calling Israel racist. He called the Netanyahu administration racist. They stand with Palestine. They stand with Hamas. They stand with a group that says Israel does not have the right to exist and that the Jews should die. That's why they are anti-Semitic. Your denouncing of anti-Semitism means nothing when you can't even stand by Israel in a situation that should be a given being an ally of the U.S. That shows your true motives. That shows your true feelings and where you truly stand on anti-Semitism. Donald Trump came out and hammered the New York Times for that anti-Semitic cartoon. He said, the New York Times has apologized for the terrible anti-Semitic cartoon but they haven't apologized to me for this or all the other fake and corrupt news they print on a daily basis. They have reached the lowest level of journalism and certainly a low point in New York Times history. That is true. 
But even though the New York Times is eaten up with anti-Semitism, even though the Democrat Party is eaten up with anti-Semitism, the mainstream media can't help themselves but to go and blame Donald Trump for the anti-Semitism. They were blaming him with no remorse for the California synagogue shooting. They're blaming his rhetoric. They're blaming his promoting of white supremacy. And they're blaming his just downright refusal to condemn any of this stuff. I'm sure you guys have heard the same audio that I have where Donald Trump has denounced white supremacy and all hate groups, including anti-Semitism, time and time again. But apparently the media keeps missing those parts. Because here's what's happened. And we'll throw in a little bit of Donald Trump actually denouncing this stuff time and time again. But here's just what's happened over the past day or two with the mainstream media in this California synagogue shooting. No, we are so past dog whistles now, Donald. You are just inciting violence. And we don't know if it has any connection to, um, to the politics that's going on. But I mean, it would be a stretch to, to say that it doesn't. He really has become a, um, a symbol of division. What happened at the Tree of Life, and then you couple that with the president's language, it's a big problem. For the sake of your country, for the sake of Jews that keep getting gunned down, and for the sake of others who are put in danger by your words. And remember, Donald Trump just over the last couple of days have been defending what he said in Charlottesville. And it echoed, called back into our memory, right? Something that just happened not too long ago. What happened in Pittsburgh? Donald Trump. And it happens in part because there's a climate set at the top of unbelievable, constant lies and hostility and, and division in this country, not only as policy, but has, with his affect. You are unfit to be president of the United States, but you can do something about that. Now they just go on and on and on. Actually, I kind of want to hear the rest of it. You want to hear more of that? It's so good. <laughs> But you can do something about that. You can call out white nationalism. Racism is evil. And those who cause violence in its name are criminals and thugs, including the KKK, neo-Nazis, white supremacists. Yeah, I think the president needs to at some point look in the mirror and you understand that the rhetoric, the words he uses in all of this, inflame this big part of what's going on in America, give permission to the most craziest people in America. Who will not, who not only will not acknowledge that we have an epidemic of white nationalist terror after New Zealand said just a few people, he's providing the mood music for it. We condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence. The conspiracy theories cited by these neo-Nazis in Pittsburgh and New Zealand and now outside San Diego, conspiracy theory that Trump never condemned and actually uh, seemed to support. How many times do I have to reject? I've rejected David Duke, rejected David Duke. Uh, I've rejected the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan. From the time I'm five years old, I rejected them. I put it on Twitter last week. You can call out political violence. 
You can tell people to hold back. You can pull yourself back. You can restrain before there is more bloodshed. Because let me tell you, the synagogue shootings are not going to stop. The vile, hate-filled poison of anti-Semitism must be condemned and confronted everywhere and anywhere it appears. There must be no tolerance for anti-Semitism. How many white supremacists, by the way? I don't like any group of hate. Hate groups are not for me. They recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. It will move the embassy out of Tel Aviv. I've been getting hate mail. People who have said uh, vile and mean. Now, now we're going to get into, real quick, I'm going to make this fast. We're getting into Donald Trump being the most pro-Israel president of our lifetime. The single most pro-Israeli president of our time. Who you hear speaking now is the rabbi from the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. And he's talking about all the hate mail and even death threats he got because he dared to meet with the president who came to visit after that shooting. The nasty things uh, about uh, me and that uh, I shouldn't have met with the president. This president, Akadosh Baruch should take good care of him Amen. and give him health. And give him the wisdom to continue to lead, to overcome the Ritzane Hadar, who politicize anything and everything that's holy with the Jewish people, that's good for the Jewish people, that nurtures the Jewish people, that uplifts the Jewish people. The Gemati of Donald Trump is Gemati Mashiach Ben David. He turns a nation basically that's going awry, I mean, it's, it's collapsing with the evil and the immorality, he turns it around. That's a Messiah. You have to fight hate with love and compassion and understanding. And that's been my consistent message. And that's why um, I met with the president to share that same message. So the one rabbi says, that's not hate. Everything that Donald Trump does, that's not hate. That's a messiah. (laughs) That's a guy that's coming to save something. This country and its allies. That's what Donald Trump's doing. Here's what's going to be interesting about this whole thing and and the blatant anti-Semitism from the left. And we will see this next year. The Jewish people of this country have been staunchly in support of the Democrats. Now, what have the Democrats done for them? Absolutely nothing. But they have staunchly supported, and possibly one of the most solid supporters of the Democrats that they have. Well, the Democrats have obviously taken that for granted. And the same thing goes with the, the, the black vote, the black community. They've taken it for granted. But in particular with the Jewish people of this country, the Democrats are going to see a backlash from those people. I can't explain why they've been so devoted to the Democrat Party, but that will end with the rise of anti-Semitism coming from that party. It will. You watch. You've got Candace Owens with the Blexit movement, What do we call the Jewish one? 
we call it Jagzit. <laughs> that don't really sound right. Jagzit, the Jewish people exiting the Democrat Party. It's going to happen. They're not going to put up with this. I'm going to take a quick break, come back on the other side. We're going to talk some Joe Biden and the excitement surrounding creepy Uncle Joe. He got his uh, campaign kicked off with his first rally in Pittsburgh. I'll play a little bit of that. I'm pretty sure he suffered several strokes during that rally. But I'll let you be the judge of that. Over the Line Show, overthelineshow.com. Andrew McLean hanging out with you. Y'all hang tight. Are you looking to get the word out and help grow your business? Hey, it's Andrew from Over the Line, the podcast. We are looking to partner with brand new business owners to help grow their business and get the word out to our listeners so we can link them up with the best businesses around. They spend their hard-earned money on these products, on these services, and we want to make sure we get them teamed up with the right people. If you're interested in teaming up with this podcast and letting people know about your business, contact me, Andrew, at OverTheLineShow.com. That's Andrew at OverTheLineShow.com. Over the line, over the line show.com. That's with a long M. Make it long. Dot com. Also, uh, if you haven't added us on social media, I know we've been swapping back and forth. Like, for instance, tonight we're doing a live stream on YouTube. We were under the understanding we could not do that, but uh, I gave it a shot and we actually can. Until they kick us off for being conservative. So here we are. But you can go to OverTheLineShow.com and add us on all of our social media. It should be right there. And uh, hook it up. And we keep that thing pretty well updated. And you can also find out when the show's on, where we're broadcasting at, and uh, so on and so forth. Also, we're on 
iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. Unless they've shut us down. They didn't post our last episode, but we will see how this one goes. If it's two in a row, then something's up. Something fishy's going on. Also, you can email me, andrew at overthelineshow.com. That is my email. I think that's all the information I got to give y'all. Is that it? Is that all I got? Is that it? Okay, well, with that said, let's move on to your dear, creepy Uncle Joe. Now, creepy Uncle Joe was on, what was he on? Good Morning America? He was on, yeah, he was on Good Morning America with Robin Roberts. Whoever that is. I don't even know. Only Robin I know is from the Howard Stern Show. That's the only Robin that matters. If you want to be real about it. Um, So he's on Good Morning America, and they said, hey, so, you know, Donald Trump's thing is make America great again. What's going to be your gimmick? What's going to be your slogan? He said, I want to make America moral again. Mm-hmm. Moral. Uh, I don't know if y'all know this, but the left's definition of morals are quite different than what they used to be for everyone. Like, we all used to kind of be on the same page with what morals actually are. And now, morality has turned into changing the gender of your child and killing babies. That's what morality is to them. Now, killing babies after they're born, by the way. That's that's a thing. No, Donald Trump didn't lie about it at his rally. They actually said that. Make America moral again, which just happens to come out as mama. M-A-M-A. And Joe Biden and mama are not two things you want going together. I don't know about y'all... But I don't want my mama nowhere around Joe Biden. For one, I don't want to see that. And two, I want to protect my mama. Okay? So hopefully Joe Biden doesn't come out with mama hats. Or maybe he does. Maybe I actually should hope for that. <laughs> Could you imagine? The new Joe Biden. Joe Biden comes out with a with a red hat, with a white font, just says mama. <laughs> Morality. The Democrats and their morality. That's a, that's my favorite, too. When the Democrats come out and they tell you what how immoral you are and how how bad of a Christian you are, that's good. That's, that's good. Who said Democrats can't be funny and have a good time? Because that's false. That's funny. But Joe Biden, outside of Joe Biden being with Mama, or using Mama as his catchphrase, um, his age is showing pretty early. Okay, now he's 77. Is that right? Uh, okay, 76. He will be 77 or 70. He'll be 78 before the next inauguration. So January 20th of 2021, this dude's going to be 78 years old. That's older than Reagan... When Reagan left office, 
And you mean to tell me this guy's going to kick off four years at 78? Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, I'm concerned about creepy Uncle Joe because he seemed to be having a stroke during his rally in Pittsburgh. And I don't really, I'm not a doctor. I don't want to pretend to be one. But I just, I, I want you to listen to Joe Biden in front of a crowd of, of, of quite a few people as he slurred his words through his speech that he was reading off of a teleprompter. It's pretty bad. I want to thank uh, uh, Rich Fitzgerald, the county executive, Allegheny County executive, for being here. And all my time in public life, from us, I've gotten involved. The country wasn't built by Wall Street bankers, CEOs, and hedge, and hedge fund managers. If the enterprise hit hard times, everybody took a hit. Union workers, the UAW took incredible cuts in their future and their, and their pensions and the left to get GM working. They also got that last year and try to cut wages or freeze wages for their people. Right today, the same is happening in big, hospital, in big hospital systems. I think we have to rethink how we define what constitutes a successful economy. Folks in America don't think their children are going to have the same standard of living they had. How can a person dignity be maintained? Be so, why, why they do that? It means investing much more in medical research to conquer, to conquer devastating diseases like cancer and addiction and Alzheimer's. So God bless you all and may God protect our troops. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't even know what he said. I, I didn't understand any of that. He was. Mo- you remember the time Donald Trump? He was uh, given one of the addresses, and I don't even remember what it was about, but it was a serious one. He went strictly on the teleprompter. And at the end, he's like, God bless America, or how do you say it? Anyway, he, that last line it was, God bless the United States. But something happened, and he was like, God bless the United States. <laughs> it sounded like he had dentures, and they were falling out, which is very possible. They said that he just had cotton mouth or something. That's what it sounded like through the whole speech. Joe Biden is slurring his words. He's either drunk or he's having a stroke. Y'all really want somebody? I mean, here's the th- you Think back to Hillary Clinton and the 2016 campaign. Obviously, health, your, your health plays a role. Not not the health like the Democrats when they talked about John McCain. I'm not sticking out for John McCain. Don't get me wrong. They said, oh, he's sick and he's he's going to die and he, he's not, you know, he's not healthy enough to be president. Then fast forward a decade or eight years. Well, it was longer than that, wasn't it? Twelve years. Fast forward twelve years. You've got the Democrats propping up, literally, propping up a candidate that can't even stand up on her own without four big muscular security guards holding her up as she walks down the stairs or tries to get in a van. You'll have a repeat of that if you put Joe Biden as your guy. You watch. You watch. This guy just started, and he's already falling apart. But he's um, he's not in a very tough field of candidates. Not to mention the media 
has already spent more time talking about Joe Biden than all the other candidates combined. They've mentioned his name more time than all the other candidates combined. And he just announced. Now, that doesn't compare to how much they talk about Donald Trump, but compared to the rest of his field. The media is propping this guy up because they know that they can't win an election with that far left wing of their party. A lot of people are even forgetting about people like Kamala Harris and Cory Booker and Swalwell. Like, y'all realize they're still running for president and nobody's talking about them. (laughs) They're going to be gone. They're going to be swept under the rug very soon. But the media feels like their best chance is going with Joe Biden. Now, you've got people, the other guys, like Beto O'Rourke, who is now claiming that there's only 10 years to address climate change. Remember your girl AOC, she came out and said, we got 12 years, 12 years to address climate change, and we're all dead. It's done. Beto O'Rourke obviously saw that on social media, and he said, whoa, whoa. I got an idea. Let's just one-up them by two years. Because it's all fantasy anyway, right? So it doesn't matter. You put whatever timeline you want on it. Ten years, y'all. And he's waving his hands around. Ten years, we have to take bold action on climate change, or we're all dead. You're going to wave your hands around with me. Ten years. We will face potentially catastrophic consequences if we do not act. Now, they've also got some polls out that claim that Beto O'Rourke is like, uh, you know, neck and neck with Trump or the rest of the Democrat field and all this kind of... That's a joke. That's a joke, y'all. He's too weird. He's too awkward on TV. How in the world can you hear what his policy stances are when he's swinging those hands around? That's all I can concentrate on when I watch him. I don't know what the crap he stands for. I can't get over the hands. Thought Joe Biden was handsy. <laughs> look, look at this guy. Uh, outside of that, a very precious and concerned Alyssa Milano from Hollywood. Alyssa Milano, very staunch liberal Democrat. She is all about defeating Trump. She is part of the resistance. Uh, She's come out with an idea. Well, it wasn't originally her idea, but she's taken the pledge, okay? She's taken a pledge that George Takei actually originally brought up. You know, George Takei, he's the old Asian gay guy that was on Star Trek a long time ago. Oh, my. That George Takei. Uh, He said, he tweeted out, Will you join me in pledging not to speak negatively about any of our candidates? We don't know who the nominee will be, but they need to be as strong as they can be going into the election against Trump. Will you pledge with George Takei not to say anything negative about any Democrat candidate? Alyssa Milano happily obliged. She said, I pledge to not speak negatively about anyone running for president. Do you? Twitter... Liberal Twitter, should I say, descended into clowning 
Alyssa Milano, for even suggesting this. Here are just a few. Uh, that's what the primaries are for. I'll support the Dem nominee, but now is the time for them to debate their merits. Another tweet. Critique is actually both the point of the primary season and our collective responsibility as voters. That responsibility is higher for those of us with several forms of unearned privilege, like me and like you. Unearned privilege. People, that's, that's code word for people apologizing for being white. It's highly disturbing that you don't or won't know these things. I don't know that you can get nasty with her. She's a woman. Can't do that. And ain't got to apologize. Rubbing your privilege everywhere. Another one says, will you speak out about the secret meeting about the Bernie problem, quote unquote? I really want an answer. Another one says, oh, look, y'all, Little Miss Woke now wants to make sure everyone is super nice and not bring up the fact that Joe Biden is a creep, Beto is a trust fund kid, Harris, our person of color, or puts people of color in, of color in jail for years, etc., etc., etc. Gotta make sure we all play nice so she can sell them books. <laughs> She's about to, she's she's having a share moment right now. You remember when Cher is like, why, why are we why are we not taking care of of the homeless in my city? Why are we not taking care of the veterans? Why? Why? And then the left just completely mauled her, <laughs> stabbed her in the back. Eliza Milano is fixing to get that same treatment. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. If you're if you're a super democrat liberal, you you paint yourself in a corner, okay? You've got all these feel-good ideas and feel-good policies, and you're apologizing for being white. You're apologizing for being a male. You're apologizing for things your ancestors did. You don't even know who those ancestors are, but you're going to apologize anyway. You're apologizing for mansplaining and all this other stuff. And you're just you're so woke that you're apologizing for everything you've ever done that you didn't know you did. Then when you actually come out with a an original idea or something you think is constructive to your cause, the woke nation you've aligned yourself with rips you to shreds. <laughs> it's just going to happen. Liberalism is the art of painting yourself in a corner. And I love watching it, every minute of it. I love, nothing, nothing brings me greater joy then two things. Now, let's say three things. We'll say one, my girlfriend. We'll say four things. One, my girlfriend, my son. And then the other two things, which are very important. The University of Tennessee Athletics and watching liberals eat each other. That's right. My favorite pastimes are those two things. Doesn't get any better than that. So tweet on, tweeters. I need some more entertainment. What else we got on the table? Um, How about the FBI is now investigating Antifa? About time, right? Because apparently they were looking to stage an armed rebellion with guns they were going to purchase from the Mexican cartel. Uh-huh. Antifa. 
anti-fascist, allegedly. <laughs> the group that calls themselves anti-fascist, that do very fascist things, trying to get their way through violence, uh, were going to, that belong to the Democrat Party, were going to get guns from a group that also belongs to the Democratic Party, and that is the Mexican cartel. And they were going to start an armed revolt. Now, that sounds scary, but you got to understand, these bunch of Antifa nerds probably have never shot a gun in their life. That's why they're always wielding, like, baseball bats and bricks. So we did have some time to prepare ourselves because they had to learn how to use a gun. But they were getting them from the Mexican cartel, and they were planning this armed revolt. Now the FBI is involved. On that same token, your boy Chris Cuomo from CNN had the audacity for a second time, a second time stick up for Antifa. Remember the first time it was during his broadcast, during his bromance with Don Lemon as they passed the shows off. And he said that Antifa, has, they've, they've got good intentions. They're just trying to do the right thing. Remember that? Well, now he's one-upped himself and tweeted out a picture of our troops storming the beaches of Normandy saying, let's not forget. And the picture, let me pull this picture up. I can't get it to show there. We'll pull it up on the Twitter. The picture is the infamous one that we've all seen, troops getting off the boat, beaches of Normandy, storming to um, to put an end of that rain. And it says, anti-fascists disrupting a large gathering of white supremacists. So he compares those brave souls on the beaches of Normandy to those that wear bandanas around their faces and attack innocent people on street corners. That right there is CNN's finest. The best CNN has to offer right there. Chris Cuomo. Your boy, Chris Cuomo. What else we got? Oh, Charlottesville. Speaking of the white supremacist thing, Charlottesville. There's a judge in Charlottesville that has ruled that Confederate statues are protected by law, by the state law. They are protected war monuments, and they're not going to come down. Remember the whole Charlottesville thing? That's how that started. You had some protesters that were protesting the removal of those statues, and the media won't tell you this. They're acting like this is not true. I literally hear people, that's not true. Those people weren't even there. What are you talking about? There was no Civil War monument protest. There was, and they were there. You can find the footage of it anywhere you would like. They were there protesting that, and then the libtards come in, and they want to protest those people. Well, they hear the libtards are coming in, so the white supremacist is like, well, let's go confront these people. And the next thing you know, the innocent supporters of the Confederate monuments are caught in the middle of a nasty clash between white supremacists and Antifa folks and liberal protesters and whatever. And then, obviously, 
you had the one person that tragically died in that situation. That's where all this happened. And now a judge is saying, no, those Confederate monuments are going to stay. Which I think is fantastic. One of the best, one of the biggest problems we have in this country is a lack of knowledge when it comes to history. It's exactly why socialism is a popular thing with anybody. It shouldn't be popular with one single person in this country. Yet there is a large group of people who think socialism is the right thing. Why? Because they have no idea of what socialism has done to many societies. They have no idea. And even though it's staring them right in the face right now on national TV, they still have no idea. So that's out there as well. Uh, What else we got? Oh, how about measles? That's a whole other topic I don't even know if we should get into. Because that's a battle for you vaccination people and you anti-vaccination people. But apparently, the U.S. is at risk of getting its measles-free status pulled away from them. Because we now have 700 cases of measles confirmed for 2019. 700. Now, this could be a mixture of several things. I had this discussion with somebody the other day. This is one, our immigration policies and how we handle that whole thing. Allowing people from all over the world to come in here, parts of the world that don't have the type of vaccinations or the access to health care that we do, the access to health care that, that we have utilized to eradicate those diseases, And two, you've got the anti-vaxxer crowd. And if you're anti-vaccination, that's fine. I'm not going to hate on you. I'm just letting you know that this can contribute to this kind of stuff. Now, there is a discussion with the vaccine stuff that I think needs to be had. And that is how we go about the vaccines. When you toss a one-year-old kid into the doctor's office and hit him with 20 shots or whatever it is, 20 different vaccinations, I can't imagine that that's a good thing for a small child system. Spread them puppies out or something. Whoops. Spread them puppies out. Do something to make it easier on the system of this little kid to handle all that mess. And I don't even know how they do it these days. I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe they do spread them out more than they used to. But used to, they'd hit you with four or five shots all at the same time. And it's just not good. It just can't be good. Again, I'm no doctor. But it can't be good. But the popularity, and I say popularity in the sense of I don't really know how popular it is. But we all know somebody that's an anti-vaxxer. Mixed with our immigration policies and what we allow to come into this country... It's only a recipe for disaster. And then we're hearing about cases of Ebola happening in other parts of the world. How long before that bad boy gets over this way? And then we're dealing with that. 
Maybe we should all just walk around wearing surgical masks. Like they do in uh, China. China. How about that? Last but not least, let me throw this at you before we get out of here. Got a story about a woman in New York. She called 911 with questions about how to kill her husband. That is correct. She wanted some advice on how to kill her husband. So the first person she thought to call, obviously, was 911. Surely they would know. A New York woman is facing charges after calling 911 to ask the operator how to kill her boyfriend, according to police. Uh, Zelda Cotton is her name. She's 54 years old. She was arrested Saturday after calling 911 to ask for ways to kill her boyfriend. She faces charges of endangering the welfare of an elderly person and criminal possession of a weapon. Her bell set at $5,000, which seems a little low. If you ask me, they responded to the home after she told him she had struck her 76-year-old boyfriend five times with a VCR tape. After hitting him with the tape, she reportedly told the operator she was swinging a leaf blower battery at him. Wow. These people are obviously hoarders. Because who has a VCR and a leaf blower battery at their disposal? That they can get a hold of that quick. <laughs> I can't seem to figure out why she called the police on herself. She obviously wasn't actually going to hurt him or else she would have grabbed a knife instead of a VCR tape, according to the police. But uh, they thought just in case she is a threat to her boyfriend, 76-year-old boyfriend, we're going to go ahead and stick her in the pokey. I don't trust somebody holding the VCR tape anyway. Obviously, you're up to no good if you're walking around with a VHS. OverTheLineShow.com is the website. Make sure you hook that up. Also, add us on all the social media. And like and subscribe to this YouTube channel. You're going to need it for when we broadcast right here live for you. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast platforms you can find this show we're out of here we'll be back soon until then see you